Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this in May of 2022. And welcome to episode 80, Learning About Secondary Math. All right, I just want to give a disclaimer here. I have not taught secondary math since my first seven years of teaching, which was 30 years ago. So Karina and I reached out to some friends of ours that are in the middle and high school world and got some information back from them. So thank you to Crystal, Chris, and Jeff for responding back. Yes, because, and I have never taught it, so I, I'm i learning today. I'm going to be learning today. You are, especially, you know, I was thinking recent experience for me is with my own son because he's now a senior right. in high school, going to be graduating soon this month. Right. I can't believe it. Mine is entering middle school, yeah. so just starting the journey, right? So we get to, we get both ends of the spectrum here. Well, yeah. first I want to give a shout out to Dr. Lana Israel. She was the one I was trying to think of the name of who, when we talked about songs and we mentioned flocabulary last week, well, when I got to see her at the FCTM conference in Daytona a few years back, she's the founder of Musology.com. Teachers and parents, you definitely want to check that out, especially if you have a secondary student, a middle or high school student. Nice. All right. I'm going to share my reflection about estimistries from this past week. I decided not to do rookie mistake again. (laughs) I learned from my mistakes. This time when I had the students choose their estimate and we finished clue one and you know the rest of the numbers disappeared and we were left with whatever was left. Yep. I specifically said, choose a number that's close to your original estimate. And that made all the difference in the world. Good. I'm so happy I was able to do that. Good news for this week. It was teacher appreciation week. Let me tell you, I want to give a special shout out to my principal, Amy Lopez. I now definitely know her love language is food. Mm. We got so many great treats this week. We had breakfast on Monday. We had rolled ice cream on Tuesday where she had this company come and bring out that round pan and actually do the rolled ice cream in front of us. Oh, so delicious. So delicious. We got snacks on Wednesday. And by the way, Tuesday, all of us in the whole school, we all just ate ice cream for lunch that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wednesday was snacks all day. P.S. That was my lunch too. I just ate throughout the whole day. Thursday was tacos. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. I'll have to put a picture up. I'll put it on Twitter of everything that the PTA, the spread that the PTA put out for us. Oh, I didn't take a picture of the spread, but I did take a picture of the board that had all the chalk written of everything that they had. Oh my gosh. I was stuffed that day. It was so good. And then Friday was a drink cart that they put out. So of course I got my Coke because, you know, that's my drink of choice. (laughs) But we also started Flamingo Friday. So each of us got a Flamingo that like, you know, you blow up for your drink container. I guess you can put it in the pool, but you know me, I'm such a pool person. No, put your drink in there and it'll float. 
But there were five, I think, raffles called I won one of them. Stop, you did? I did. I won this beautiful, it says BU journal. Oh, that's so cute. And some little lotion. And I said to the person who handed me the bag, I said, oh my gosh, I'm going to use this for my notebook for my podcast. She goes, that's exactly what I was thinking when you won it. Because I said, I just use, you know, regular spiral notebooks. So isn't that so pretty? That is, that's so cute. I'll put that picture on too. So everybody can can join in with me. So they're actually going to call numbers once a week on Fridays. It's Flamingo Fridays this month. So lots of people are going to win different things. Isn't that adorable? That's exciting. That is. I really like that. I also got spoiled this week with teacher appreciation. Well, we had PTA do breakfast, a breakfast, a lunch, and snacks throughout the week. Also, we also got a, like an umbrella with our school logo on it. And then I had parents who like just spoiled me also. I had I had lunch delivered to me. I had uh, a coffee brought to me in the morning. I had like just flowers and plants and just loved, love, 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 lots of love. I, I had this one kid who made, because we do like student shops and so they sell their own merchandise. Uh-huh. She, with her store, she makes a hydro dip canvases and she, I'll take a picture and I'll put it up too, but she okay. made me one that's like blue and purple and it's so pretty. So I'm going to put that up in the classroom and it'll be there. You know, it'll stay one of those things that will just stay there always. So I, yeah, I've really felt the love this week for sure. And then I also got another student who reached out to me from last year. He emailed me and he said, he said, hi, Mrs. Cousins. I know you said to reach out anytime. So I'm reaching out to say hello. So I emailed back and, or he actually opened and made a document and like a Google Doc. So he typed that or I wrote in the document. So he hasn't replied yet, but I did email back and said, "I, I replied in your document. Go take a look. So we'll see what happens if he checks it this weekend or maybe That's the next best week. When I know. Former, former students reach out. And I'm actually friends with some of my former students on Facebook, which is so cool because then I get to see, you know, where they are now. And Yeah, uh, that is fun. It's hard in fifth grade because they don't they leave, you know, they right. physically leave. So I don't see them again unless they have a sibling. If they have a sibling, then I get to see them again. But for the most part, when they're gone, they're gone. On. So it's, I love hearing back from them and I when know. they reach out. So it really, I love that. I know. All right. Well, let's get into today's topic, learning about secondary math. And first we're going to say again, ditto to everything that we had said previously. And we're just going to add some other things that some of our friends had let us know about, right? Right. Some advice of what to do, how to help your, what are we calling them? Large, your large, your large kiddos. Big and really big. One thing for sure was continuing to have students work and explain and show their work and talk about math. I think that that's something that we really articulated as well in the previous episodes. You want them to discuss and explain and and say it in their own words. And I guess along that same thought is having students create their own notes because if they, and I think that this is what Peter talks about a lot too, you know, notes to my forgetful self. Right. If if they're the ones who are making the notes, then they're 
it makes sense to them. That's what you want. You don't want them to just be copying, blind copying something because then that's not going to sink in. But if students learn how to make notes, how to take notes, it's an art. It's not something that's easy. A colleague of mine was telling me about a note-taking system. I think it started with an F. But so you have like, you have different systems, right? You have like the Cornell method. Right. You have prayer model. So there's like lots of different things that are out there, but I I think it's important for students to figure out what works for them. Yes. And to piggyback on what you just said there, one thing is about parents realizing that math is about the process and not the answer. Yeah. And, you know, too many parents are, quote, helping at home and trying to focus on getting the answer when it has, you know, the, the smallest part of math. Right? Right. When we want to talk about math. I think this is also the age where we really want to try to encourage students to be self-advocates, you know, and that's what was something that uh, a middle school teacher said to us to really encourage your child if, if they're having difficulty or if they have questions to go and ask the teacher. Don't come home and ask them because that's not, that doesn't help in the whole process really at the end of the day. You want your child to go to their teacher and advocate for themselves. You know, we should have said this in the other, the previous few episodes too, because I say that to all the kids in all the grades. If you don't understand something, ask. And I even especially tell my fifth graders, (laughs) you're welcome, middle and high school teachers. I say to the kids, if you don't understand something, bug your teachers ask, yep. why does that work? Show me either hands-on or a visual way yep. until you understand it. Yes. I, I tell them too. make sure to ask why. Don't allow someone to just give you a procedure, just do it this way, right? Exactly. Like make sure that you ask the question of why, why does that work? Why do I have to do it that way? Could I do it a different way? Yes. Is there another way? Or, or you think of another way, right? You want them yes. to make sense of it. Like one example I think is dividing fractions. Oh. How many of us out there actually know that you can, just like we multiply fractions, we do numerator times numerator, denominator times denominator. You can actually divide fractions the same way. Numerator divided by numerator, denominator divided by denominator. I, mm. I mean, I don't think a lot of people know that. No, because we were all taught to Kentucky Fried Chicken it or whatever the KCF, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, we just said multiply the reciprocal. Yeah. Another thing is for parents to be aware that if their child is struggling in whatever math class they're in right now, let's say Algebra 2, it may not be that they're struggling with the Algebra 2 stuff. It's because they have gaps in their learning from Mm -hmm. Algebra 1 or Pre-Algebra or even 6th grade or below math right? Yeah. When I taught, it's funny, when I taught third grade, I always said to the fifth grade teachers, you have the hardest job on this campus because you have to be a kindergarten teacher, a first grade teacher, a second grade teacher, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. So those high school teachers have a very difficult job because you have to see where they might, the students in their room might not be having trouble with, you know, the 10th grade math. They might be having trouble with the fifth grade stuff still. And because of that, that's, that's, preventing them from being successful in their class. Well, here's something else that one of our friends said, that some parents, quote, outsource their job of getting their kids to be responsible, disciplined, and organized to tutors. 
right? And it's all in the name of, quote, helping with their math assignments. How many times have you told me, you know, you have, because you're at that end of the spectrum and I'm at the other end with socioeconomic, where you have kids that have been tutored and they come back and they're like, oh, here's the trick. That's all I need to know. And it's like, God, you totally just derailed everything, whether it's the tutor or the parent. Because- Just because we're not familiar with it as parents doesn't mean it's not good for the kids to know. You know, as James Tanton says, we equate familiarity with understanding. And that's not true at all. No, it's not. And it's the idea that when my kid is struggling, I have to swoop in and save them. But really, in reality, the struggle is what's going to make them better and stronger, right? It's okay if, if they don't understand things. It's all right. They have to feel comfortable in the uncomfortableness. They really do. They have to get better at not understanding everything they see because it's not all gonna come easy. You know, they have to, they're going to have to challenge themselves and learn to live with that struggle. Okay. And part two of that is don't do the homework for your kid, right? Yeah. So parents. And if they don't understand, just, just say, ask your teacher. Exactly. I I would love for all parents to read the article, never say anything a kid can say. Yes. I mean, not just teachers, but parents too, right? Maybe I'll share that with parents at the beginning of the school year. Yes. Like don't take the pencil out of your child's hand in order to quote, help them with their homework. Just ask them a good question. How can you start with this? What do you know? Things like that. Love it. Another suggestion was never let your child skip a problem and just say, like allow them to say, I don't get it. Making like an educated attempt at it. I I like to tell them too, even if you have a question that you want to ask about that problem, or if you can get, you can get started and then, and then keep going. A lot of times that the problem is they don't even know where to start. Right. So even, even just asking the question of where, how do I start with this problem? How do I tackle this problem? Sometimes it's just that first step. Once they can get there, then they can, you know, fill in the rest. They can get, get to the end. I would rather have students draw a model or visual representation or picture of what they think is going on in the problem to help them start. And even if they just left it that at that and brought it to me the next day and say, is this what, yes, use that as your jumping off point, right? I agree. I agree because a lot of times kids just want to go right to the abstract, right to the numbers, and they're not making sense of what the problem is. But if they just drew a picture, they would start to see what's happening, right? So it's it really is important to make that model and and draw it. So to circle back in case people didn't listen to the previous few episodes of what we were talking about, you know, having your your kids estimate all the time, especially when they're driving, right? How far do you think we're going to go? Uh, how long do you think it's going to take us to get there? The whole notice and wonder, what do you notice about this? What do you wonder about this? Which one doesn't belong? Another yeah. great site to just start having your kids talk to you about math, playing games with your kids. 
right? Yes. Yeah. And you know, one game that we haven't discussed is Prime Climb. Yes. And anywhere from fourth grade up is a definite. Yeah. I mean, it can it can help your kids make relationships, build relationships with numbers so easily just by naturally by playing this game, right? Mm-hmm. Which reminds me, we forgot to mention for the really littles and littles, Tiny Polka Dot, same company, Math for Love and Multiplication by Heart on Mathagon. I yes. will I will put all of those into the show notes to help everybody find them easily. And of course, tinkering with math, this is where students can go onto something like Desmos or GeoGebra and play around with what what the models look like and you know what does the graph look like. There's so many great visual representations of math online that they can see. It, it would really benefit those students. I mean- I'm going to have to do like one of the which one doesn't belong with the, it looks like a graph, but like a parabola or something, things that I haven't discussed in a long time or thought about and ask him, okay, which one doesn't belong and why? Because he'll have to explain it to me. Yeah. Right? And that's okay, parents. If you don't know, just listen. Yes. I, and I want I want to go back to one more thing that you said, Laura, about estimation. We've talked about this in previous episodes, but estimation is like the skill, the one skill that as adults I think we do constantly, yes. and yet it's the skill that we sometimes skip yep. in class. Or it's that one lesson, right? It's like, yep. it's like, I don't know, in the middle, estimate what you think. No, we should be estimating all the time. Yeah, because we actually do all the time. When you're shopping, you're estimating. Just like you said, when we're on a trip in a vehicle, we're estimating. All right, if I go 60 miles an hour and I it takes – there's 60, this ha- bless your baby heart. I know. Well, listen, I don't know who's listening at all. I don't want to be pulled over. <laughs> so but I'm yes, going with like how much, right now. How much time it'll take to get there, how much gas or – Hey, 60 miles an hour, that's perfect because that is just a minute for every mile, right? (laughs) So that's easy math. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) All right, listeners, here's your challenge for the week. It should sound very similar to the last three episodes that we've done. Find some bigs, really bigs in your life and have some math talks with them. Play some games. Just have fun with math. Tinker with math. Let us know how it goes. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag learningthroughmath. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too.